0: Hello everybody, so we at Solidarity Collective have another episode for y'all. We got Sarah, we got Damien, Derek, Jordy, and Madison here, and updates on recent activity on the Collective property. We now collectively own seven rabbits. So we've had the rabbits for five days. Yeah. Um, this was an effort started mainly by Jordy and Sarah.
1: I know Jordy was, I think it was, it really started because I looked up quails.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. Cause I
1: found a post about baby quails <laughs> and I'm like, they're so tiny and cute. I remember talking to Jordy about it. He's like, oh cool, that'd be cool. And then he mentioned rabbits. And for a while, we was like debating. Okay, what cute little animal can we add that would just be fun to ha- have for like a hobby at first? Well, the quails are kind of, you know, we're gonna have to wait just because you have to order the eggs. But the rabbits are sort of like they'll breed anytime we can get anything, anytime. And we just started doing a bunch of research on the little guys and just finding who's the cutest, who's the fluffyest. <laughs> who makes the best meat.
0: I can say myself, I remember having a conversation around the fire not even a month or two ago about what we could possibly add to the collective for ourselves to ensure that we as a collective have another self-sustaining resource. You know, rabbit meat and fur. Because, you know, Wyoming winters are hellish.
1: If the wind doesn't get you, the dry cold will.
0: And a little while ago, we actually all met up in order to make a rabbit hutch based off of a few different designs that Sarah had suggested through research. Jordy, Sarah have mainly been on the project and I'll show up every once in a while. Let's talk about the rabbits themselves. (laughs) So the first rabbit of the bunch that actually got a name was our tiny little Lucifer. He's such a cutie. He was the first one to get a name mainly because of his black fur coat. And he's a small boy because he's He's one of two bucks out of the entire um, group. And when we were first coming up with names, we thought it would be funny to call him Lucifer, of course, spelt with a U instead of an E at the end. He's, you know, we got to make a pun every once in a while. And then we were thinking, well, that's funny. If we got a Lucifer, we got to make sure we have a Lilith somewhere. And because of, you know, the stark contrast of the two other white rabbits we have. And so we nicknamed one of the rabbits after Lilith. And then the naming process just went on from there. He's chaotic. Not as chaotic as one of our other rabbits, but definitely chaotic. He's a little devil. He is a little devil. He lives up to the name. And then another one we have is Barnaby. He's also another buck with a nice brown coat, about the same size as Lucifer, but either way, still smaller than most of the females he was actually before lucifer he was the one that had a name already yeah i was just unaware because like by that point by the time i gave lucifer a name that's when sarah gave the information that barnaby had a name (laughs) yeah
1: i kind of picked his out when right after we picked we bought him from the house first house i had told myself one of them is going to be named barnaby no matter what one of the buck oh (sighs) Marshmallow, don't bite my arm!
0: (laughs) I don't know, they've all been nibbling on my knuckles. She's like, I'm gonna get results. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill my oppressors. What'd you say the source material was? An anime. Which anime? Tiger and Bunny. Oh my god. What? No. I'm not judging. Just
1: just the fact that you're so ashamed of the source material. No, it's like, it's a good anime. It's just like, there's a story behind it because... It's called Tiger and Bunny because the main character is called Wild Tiger. But the other guy's called Bunny because his name's Barnaby. But his outfit has like these little antennas that look like bunny ears. So Wild Tiger's like, I'm going to call you Bunny. And it stuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, we started to nickname him a little bit like sooner. So the two albinos that we have, you said they were New Zealand's? Yeah. Yeah, New Zealand's. You know, one of them we had to nickname Lilith because you know, gotta have matching pairs. But then the other one, we were just we were just stuck on what name to give them. But then we like considered the fact that the other albino was a bit chubbier than the other one. And that's where we got the inspiration for Marshmallow. You know, creative. And then from there, we named the two mixed rabbits white with black spots all over. And that's where we got the name Cookies and Cream. Cookies is the one with one dot on his head. Cream is the one with a clean forehead. And they're they're relatively nice. You know, gets into trouble, you know, like rabbits do. And then we
1: also have one more rabbit. What did you say anarchy was? We got a nice little grey rex. Absolutely beautiful fur. Most of it's most of it's a nice bluish gray, but her underbelly and paws are nice little sand sand or tan color
0: and our name for her because of the fact that we loved her fur so much and we knew that she would have like wonderful children with really nice fur was inspiration based off the fact that she would probably be a very nice mother within the entire group so we named her anarchy you know after anarchy or mother anarchy loves all her children except it was a mistake to give her that name because she now lives up to it yes anarchy is not chaos but she is super chaotic and the most chaotic out of the entire group. Mm -hmm. It is near near impossible to pick her up. Boy,
1: does she love her little baby Lucifer.
0: Lucifer and her are really a nice pair. Mm -hmm. They just love each other so much. Enough that we'll just randomly walk by and see Lucifer being smothered, not only by anarchy, but by one of the other huge females.
1: Well, right now we're honestly just sort of treating them like pets, keeping them in the house, keeping them warm from the wind, and the cold, and the snow and the ice. They're just getting nice and spoiled with their alfalfa and all their vegetables. And wiped in the hutch, so they get a nice little dog house for them to run around in. And the kitchen. There's little walls for them that they can run around in. So essentially, they have their own little little area just quartered off for of them, just because we want to spoil them while they're still babies. Because
0: they all are very sweet, and they mm-hmm. they personally remind me of cats, just of how skittish they are and how... Maybe not how much they claw and stuff, but definitely how much they try to munch on things. Mm-hmm. We tried seeing how they would react to the other pets. Um, Cause downstairs we do have a dog and two cats. The dog has mixed reviews. Overall loves the rabbits, is very protective of them, but he doesn't realize how big he is compared to the rabbits um, and doesn't understand why he's not <laughs> necessarily allowed to be in their area when they're running around. As for the two cats, Neo, one of the two cats, our little tabby boy, he has had a very nice reaction towards the rabbits. Like he'll do what cats do and he'll sniff them just to identify who they are. And then he'll just walk off. If they're running around, he'll usually follow just to see like what they're doing, if there's anything that he can get involved in. He'll even plop down and lay his belly up just to like show the rabbits that he trusts them. Ozzy, the other cat on the other hand, also mixed reviews. She hasn't really attacked them, but mainly because of her distrust of dogs and the fact that she associates the downstairs area with dogs has had no interest in talking to the rabbits. So we do not have a full opinion from her, but otherwise we could literally leave our pets to be around the rabbits without a huge amount of supervision and it's not going to be that big of an issue. Uh, We don't have to worry about them trying to kill the rabbits or maim them or try to play with them and then realize oh crap i hurt them
1: i honestly does think he does assume most animals are part of the pack the only issue is he's a dog so he always tries to play with them oh and he has played with animals this small or smaller but the only issue is rabbits can't hiss at him like cats can or lizards he is he has protected a bearded dragon that my brother owned, and was very protective of him, as long as it was out of the cage. And if he got too nosy, it hissed at him. Rabbits do not do that. He is learning.
0: Didn't you say the last time he interacted with like a rabbit before you got here? It was literally him chasing it, yeah, and then wondering why it wouldn't move?
1: Yeah, he chased down a wild rabbit and got too rough and killed it. And then acted confused. Yeah, he's he's done with other like he's killed bugs and literally just stared at him for a good five minutes going. Why is it not moving? I was playing with this.
0: It's like a child with a hamster, except hamster dies in worser ways. Um, but yeah, as we said before, the rabbits for now are just collective pets that require attention on the collective we're just seeing how rabbit care goes for now before we start making ventures and experiments in regards to using them for meat and fur but if we can get to a level where that's a successful thing like wyoming winters are definitely hellish not so much because of the temperatures the temperatures yes but most people are used to that to my knowledge it's the wind that's an issue and having insulated clothing is definitely a necessary thing in order to make sure you don't freeze to death. And hopefully if we can figure out how to properly use rabbits for meat, that will definitely contribute to our meals, at least. It will give some more inspiration, a bit more of a local self-reliance that we can use.
1: Considering it costs 11 bucks a pound? 11 bucks a pound? Yes, I have seen people online sell for like 11 bucks a pound. Shit! If you get like the premium, like, organically fed stuff.
0: I didn't even consider the price of that.
1: Yeah, I I've stumbled upon a website where this was, like, was like selling like you could go like whole rabbits, different cuts of rabbits. Yeah. It's like it's like buying a cow, it's just the whole business. What were the two towns that we
0: got these rabbits from?
1: Fort Collins
0: and Either way both in Colorado.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was cool, like uh Sarah had the well the I idea never- and the drive to get some sort of animal and especially like you know, potentially some smallish livestock animal, like quails was the first thing. And, uh, but she's into the idea of like, you know, uh, well, and all of us, but like, yeah, in talking with Sarah, like into the idea of using them for food, you know, and uh, using the furs to make stuff. So like doing this as some sort of functional, sustainable food system for ourselves. Yeah, so definitely I thought that was pretty cool. and. Seemed like it took a while to get the momentum, but it was a cool, cool thing when we finally like kind of pushed the approval of just getting some rabbits through um, with the group kind of got consensus to do it. That weekend we scheduled, I think maybe the next day to make a rabbit hutch uh, and like a pretty ambitiously big rabbit hutch really and a cold weather rabbit hutch to be able to have the outside here because supposedly they can live in like up to zero or down to zero Fahrenheit uh, easily enough. So yeah, it was really cool though. We just came out that day and like made a badass rabbit hutch out of all stuff that we had laying around that we have collected up um, like to the end, the like end frame pieces of a bed, a wooden bed as the legs and dividers between hutches and uh, our enclosures and like a big long shipping pallet as the floor and the frame. And some old fence boards that Derek and I got from a job we did for a person in town in Laramie. So it was just cool, like we had speculated what's the cost and when we were in the meeting where we got this consensus after months of Sarah, like, you know, really researching and like carrying the project along. Yeah, so we (laughs) speculated like maybe $0 it will be, or maybe it will be a $100 because we'll have to buy wire to do the like wiring in the enclosures. But it ended up pretty much, yeah, for zero dollars probably will like, or for stuff we already had maybe paid for some of it, like screws and hardware, but pretty much for nothing. Uh, we just got out there and together, a group of us made a very cool and like functional rabbit hutch. It's not complete yet, but we have all the materials to complete it. And I thought that was really cool. And that just like brought it to life. And even just having started the hutch uh, meant like, we were in motion to get in the rabbits. And so then Sarah, got on with looking up rabbits and they made the plan and got the rabbits and even though they're living in some small some different cage right now it's okay because they're young and they're not breeding age yet
0: and it's a big dog kennel so like they have plenty of room to move around get access to food and water
2: yeah you know. and it's awesome now they have like a run being downstairs where it's kind of like a labyrinth of different areas and uh, so it's possible to gate off an area where their are little cages so that they can roam around outside of it. And I say little cage, it's true, it's not little, it's like a dog kennel. And it's definitely big enough for all these rabbits and easily could be big enough for more. And we have another one of the exact same dog kennel things. So we might just go ahead and turn that into like uh, some sort of double stack of breeding cages or enclosures or whatever. So yeah, it's pretty cool. The way they're living now is good. Uh, Seems like we have a plan to make them a cool like out of the way run and have their enclosure within the run in the basement out of the way of everybody else's needs uh so yeah i'm very hopeful and positive about it i'm really really stoked about this yeah i for years i've wanted to get rabbits, so for sure like i can relate to sarah and that and damien and other people in wanting to do these things like uh yeah you can go deep into like planning it and thinking about it so much that it just becomes a thing that like you are really like down to do or up for regardless of the of the circumstance and so i I was very happy to have this be the group of people that i was able to actually make it happen with just by coming together and like uh being down to cooperatively do a project so yeah it gives me great hope and also great pleasure to be doing the project with everyone
0: have you had a chance to interact with the rabbits at all other than just like looking at them or Yeah, feeling not them?
2: so much. Not so much for me yet. I mean just tonight I've been holding one of my and when we first got them. I was up here hanging out. Yeah. And earlier interacting was trying to round them up. A good time with Ari the dog and the rabbits running around and me holding Ari on the leash, rounding them up. Trying to train Ari to be a rabbit herd <laughs> Create a new rabbit
1: herding breed. I think the main thing is it just takes a while, just because it's not like you can just let them, like, you can just, like, put a pool in front of them and just leave them alone for the day. Because they, despite their size, eat and drink quite a bit. It's like, I mean, compared to large animals, it's, like, not a huge deal. It's just for their size, they will eat quite a bit of...
0: Yeah, but most of their diet consists of, like, lettuce, lettuce lettuce-like plants. And certain types of vegetables that aren't deadly for them to eat. Yeah.
1: I think it's most a fifth of it's about vegetables, but the rest is you have to supplement with you have to make sure it is alfalfa or hay or something like that. But because they're under seven months, they can just eat alfalfa because they need all the calcium and protein that it contains. But yeah, once they get older they'll need like actual hay because then it'll just be too much for them because that can give that can give them little bladder stones. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, all the calcium will actually create stones in their bladder, and then you have bigger issues to worry about.
0: <laughs> I got a serotonin like source now that these rabbits are here. They remind me of cats, like yeah, they're nice, true. soft, small, skittish. The only difference is that they don't meow for your attention.
1: No, they'll just climb on the side of the little cage and just look at you. <laughs> That's true. They're more-
2: More passive feeling,
1: like. I mean, they're not quiet when they play though, because you know they're happy when they start bouncing around, You can hear them, like, just, like, going off the floor.
0: That's funny. It's definitely scared Neo before. Mm. Like, he'll just be like, why? Why did you do that? Like, did something come out and attack you? Because that's the only reason he'll do it, is literally just because something will spook him and he'll have to go off and run and then like he'll see the rabbits do it and it's it's because they're happy but then like Neo's like what happened?
1: Now if they would stop trying to go on high surfaces and eat themselves off of it I think we'd all be
0: happy I really do think they have a death wish of sorts I don't think death exists in their mind other than when things are chasing them
1: It doesn't know they don't I have it
0: either at that age
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's like Lilia, our daughter really. should just crawl to the edge and then continue crawling off the bed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not that she is on
1: bitter, but. I'm gonna say, it doesn't help that they don't have good depth perception, especially uh, the albinos because of their albinism, their sight is worse. So these yeah. humans are actually albino. Yeah.
2: Okay. Like, but they're pretty. Is that like a part of that breed Is that's part of the genetic package or they like, just happen to be albino?
1: It's it's more, I think it's more common to them because they use these a lot, like the white worms for um, lab testing. Um. Oh. So they're like it's not as like spread out as much as a lot of the other breeds.
0: Well, we saved two from lab testing.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like when I would first learn about rabbit raising or whatever, I read like the stories guide to raising meat rabbits or something like that. Which is the stories guides are really good, but I think like just for like recent years, outdated where they don't really like have any sort of kind of like alternative practices or like, uh, you know, non, non-medication practices or stuff like that. It's more traditional ranching type stuff. But uh, I was reading that and it was talking about how, yeah, lab rabbits is like one of the major like income source uh, rabbit operations that people will have. It's like just raising these white rabbits to sell for like $5 each or something to labs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the book talking about them as like being priced in that way, which probably lab rabbits are, but meat rabbits also being like priced, I think much more cheaply, inexpensively than they would be now. So it's like probably much more worth it to raise them and try to establish some sort of meat meat selling operation than to sell $5 lab rabbits to, to yeah. the lab.
1: I was telling David before, I found like someone who was selling them like 11 bucks a pound because they were like Ew. premium, like organically That's raised crazy. or whatever. <laughs> Was like, you can get either like the whole rabbit or just parts of the rabbit. So it's crazy. just like, it's parts like literally ordering from like a butcher online. That's
2: insane. It should be a whole rabbit at least. You're yeah. like just selling each rabbit hole. I'd be into like anarchist stuff, reading about different things when I was younger, animal liberation movements and whatnot. And uh, yeah, just like whatever. But I would see like pictures or like even illustrations and whatever like the bunnies at the lab in the little box like where they test them for shampoo or whatnot it's like just this little box that has their head poking out only so they just be chilling in this box with just their little white bunny head exposed and they just like put random chemicals on the heads or whatever you know to like test like how it will affect their fur or something weird like that
0: so we can definitely confirm they'll get a better living over here
2: yeah it'll be it'll be better for them here for sure I think we I mean, shampoo our rabbits will have them like we'll be holding them individually not like putting them in the confines of a metal collar or anything yeah
1: i don't think we can not strapping them down you can't really even shampoo them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty
0: self cleaning. Yeah. Well, you can well, say, they, like I'm always seeing them groom themselves. Well,
2: that's, yes, that's actually, actually, that's interesting, yeah.
1: Yeah, they talk about if you're cleaning them, you don't want to soak them because of their fur. That makes sense. You literally have to spot dry them like a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, well,
0: like a simple washcloth <laughs> going yeah, exactly. over where it needs to be cleaned. Yeah,
1: you literally just need like a probably just or their or butts. They yeah. Get yeah, they get dry. So yeah I've mean, had to I've had to clean Barnaby's belly a few times. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Just like no, just like stuff like sticks to it. Like ah, uh, he's a messy eater, isn't he? What? Is
2: Barnaby in particular needed
1: to clean? Um, yeah. He just like he just gets like little particles of like bedding and stuff like just stuck to his tummy.
2: He's a brown one. Yeah. Maybe he's pretty small too. Maybe somehow yeah. he has like a closer to the ground. Gig yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I make
0: it out? Yeah, you can see it's one me, of yeah, those the rabbits. The
2: exactly. Like, the thing the different breeds like the older breeds of pigs like have <coughs> their bellies almost touching the ground. Cause they're fur lard. They were made like mostly to get lard out of them, not yeah. for meat. And now the pigs are like dogs or something, like built like Ari almost. They're just like this slender lean, like a, a lot of space between the ground and their belly. So maybe the rabbits have something like that where a breed could be like dragging his belly more. Yeah. Right.
1: Just wait until his balls fall. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh, do
2: we ever nope. have to do any of that?
0: I mean, because yeah, aren't the worries. bucks, like, two months old, so we've got oh, some time yeah. before we have to separate them?
1: Yeah, we, we still like, we have months. at least, like, we have a couple months before we have
0: to worry about
2: that. So is there, is it a thing actually, though, I guess, do you have to, like, castrate male bunnies that you'll sell as meat, even though they get raised out so fast? Or? I've
1: never heard anything like that. I
2: mean, all meat, technically, to be USDA approved, like, but I don't know if that counts, because, like, poultry, not. But definitely like pigs and cows and stuff, it's a law weirdly in the US, I think, I'm pretty sure, where like no intact male animal gets sold as meat. You know what I mean? Mm, like awesome. at least to be USDA approved or whatever. So yeah. like you could buy some boar sausage. I'm sure it's, maybe, it's a a foremost, nice, but and maybe. Well it is, testosterone. It's because testosterone makes maybe. the meat taste different.
1: Ah. So years worth of, or having
2: months worth of like having that testosterone is like making the meat have different chemicals in it or whatever I guess. So it will taste different, which is true. It tastes more like, like I've had boar sausage before. It's like from some, yeah, male pig anyways. And it's like an older, probably male pig, not some six month old little like baby castrated pig and uh, they smell like almost like gamey or something where it has like a flavor to it more more intense like smells like a pig or something like you know what i mean like so would you say it was more like
0: a positive or a negative kind of taste
2: i mean i could see how just it's like off-putting or like not even off-putting but just like how it would be more appealing in whatever ways we have our have had our tastes conditioned over the years to have it standardized. And I think having it as like a commodity, it's just like you can't have like, if you send five intact males to the slaughterhouse and it's in a batch of like thousands of other pigs and then some people get some weird tasting yeah meat out of the batch because you know, they're just taking thousands and thousands of pigs from all over the place. And Yeah, so it's a weird thing, but I wonder about that with bunnies actually.
1: I think it's just because when most people slaughter them, they're like eight or 12 weeks old. so they've never hit puberty so you don't have to worry about the testosterone yeah that's
2: right that makes sense
1: and even if like we decided to wait a little
0: while longer like even then we could hold that experiment for ourselves first
1: yeah i mean i mean most people just say they've never really tasted a difference between older and younger rabbits yeah and it's just because their size they don't have like it's not going to be as, like, in them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sense. and considering that the males tend to be smaller than the females, like, I would assume that testosterone doesn't have the same effect as it would on, like, a
1: boar. Yeah,
2: yeah, it seems like it would be. I don't know, I guess it's the same with goats and lambs. I think, yeah, all, like, you know, most, but... I guess a lot of rabbits probably aren't getting USDA approved. A lot of rabbit most rabbit meat in the US is probably just being
0: sold. And crocodile meat isn't. (laughs) Yeah. And yet that's still a popular like Yeah. Well not popular in the sense of you could see it in a grocery store, but definitely popular in the gas stations, right?
2: Really? Gas stations with that'll advertise all the different jerkies they'll have. Oh
0: yeah, I've definitely (laughs) seen alligator jerky. I've seen some people hunt down their own gators within reason to like eat the meat. I've heard right. the tail in particular is pretty good. I
2: think that's what really good so. one.
0: Yep. Because, like, the east coast, like, the Su- southern east coast, like, in general, just has, like, a lot of alligators. Like, from Louisiana all the way up to North Carolina, you'll still, like, have a bunch of different alligators. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's so interesting.
0: Because we do have a lot of swamps in that area, so it mm-hmm. it's yeah. only makes sense that they're going to be in that area.
2: Yeah. It is, like, far south. It just seems, like, somehow, like, Further north, like part of like the east coast proper, or whatever, like the northeast. Yeah, east they, coast. they've had a lot of habitat eradication. Well, that too, yeah. like their historic range versus current range. But yeah. Well, and that too. Yeah, which you would think that. Exactly, you'd think that just they would be pushed out of areas like that all the way down to like the fringes of Florida and Louisiana and stuff or something. It's interesting though. Yeah. Know, the alligator tails. I'd be into it. I mean, jeez. Rabbit, jerky. It makes sense that the older or younger rabbits, too. I mean, obviously, maybe like a years old rabbit, like once they kind of like once they stop growing, then like it's like, if, like you're growing, growing. Once you grow up, then like obviously at some point your muscles, instead of growing and becoming bigger, whatever start to deteriorate and stuff. So, it's yeah, like, you know, at some yeah. point.
0: I think that age uh, for humans is 25 because that's when all brain and growing. body growth has come to a halt. <laughs>
2: okay. yeah it sucks it's real it is weird it's a real thing like I'm 30 uh I'm over 30 anyways and don't think it's specific but it's like I started to just have way more like just random physical pain and stuff like it's like totally a thing yeah.
0: hell I'm about to be 19 and like my chronic pain has already decided I'm a 40 year old man
2: well that sucks yeah you I didn't get I used to I mean I not yeah I was like I went hard and I didn't ever feel like I always felt like I could bounce back easily and not feel like any like real like ailments like that but then like yeah just recently I, after like I don't know hitting about late like 20s or 30s or whatever just started to like really feel all these things and it's like literally as if it just stopped like actively growing yeah even just slow you know slows down slows down slows down growth. but once it really stops growing then it's just like starts to fall off or whatever yep. It starts to be done it doesn't Regenerate yourself in the same way anymore. It's like cartilage and stuff like that.
0: We Just went from talking about rabbits to existentialism about <laughs> deteriorating bodies. It's true. It's,
2: true. it's all connected. Well, the rabbits it's will a bring us of back. Life. Really, it is. Actually, these rabbits are going to make us healthy again and live forever. Order yours today. It pre now. Yeah. The eternal Give rabbit meat. <laughs> By not the collective. <laughs> not sanctioned by Solidarity Politics. No, someone's gonna believe
1: us now. know that?
2: Yeah, exactly. We have to put a sarcasm well, tone. They should believe us because it's true enough, but it's the whole lifestyle and everything, you know? I mean, live forever, man. that's a good much. It's true if we, like, eat these rabbits, become about eating rabbits, become about growing food for rabbits, grow food for ourselves, also. Okay.
0: I imagine it's healthier meat than, like, pork better. or, like, beef.
2: Well, I mean, a hundred times healthier than pork or beef you'll buy just at the regular store like yeah 100 times for sure yeah yeah that's how common is it to be able to get rabbit meat from grocery stores is that everything i think it's not very common at all in the u.s or
0: if it doesn't have fda regulation it doesn't well Well, i imagine it doesn't
2: it must be it's it's a type of animal i know this for a fact you can sell rabbits directly like we can slaughter rabbits here ourselves yeah. and butcher them ourselves cleanly and whatever. But like, we don't, we don't need any certification or permit. We can do that and sell it directly to people. So some people will say, we advertise it. And people say, yeah, I want to buy five rabbits or whatever. And uh, they could come here and buy a chefs. Though I think it's a thing where like even chefs for restaurants or like you know people for their families or whatever, but it's not going to a store is the only yeah. thing you can't go to a store. Like we can't go and sell it to the co-op or anything. And so for that reason probably most people just do that because you imagine to have to go have these slaughtered at a slaughterhouse and pay any amount for each rabbit to get slaughtered will be making it not very much money to sell the rabbits after that, you know? Yeah. So it's thing where, like to have USDA approval and like it would have to be really popular and you'd have to have a huge operation where you're making thousands and thousands and thousands of rabbits all the time to make money out there, I guess, is the thing. That's why people don't do it here because it's not fucking profitable as other stuff. True. Fucking take people's land. Turn cows out onto it, let the cows live off of the fucking grass, uh, and not have to have that much inputs, and then like sell the baby cows and make a bunch of money, and just own fucking whole huge areas of what used to support like actual fucking civilizations with native people, ecosystems, yeah, ecosystems, and like yeah, societies and shit. Like literally, it's just for cows now just because it's easy that's like beef wasn't is never as popular in other countries like where we whatever our families all originally at some point some of, we came from like everywhere in the world it's just not to the say there's not so much open space that people are packed into the spaces more like which is interesting like, considering how cows are you know more adapted towards just like boggy swampy areas of europe yeah that's real I mean, yeah. And like, and there is even like, I mean, Jersey cows that were at one time, like the main milk cow here, the main dairy cow, Mm -hmm. I think it became Mm -hmm. like some, whatever bred things now, like the 1800s is like, uh, Jersey's, but Jersey's actually are from Jersey Island, which is like off of the UK somewhere. Uh, I think off of like Britain and the Jersey's are mini breed. They're miniature cow breed originally. Like mostly miniatures are bred to be mini from bigger breeds. But this is a Jersey calf from an Island where they're bred to be tiny over thousands of years and they lived on the Island with the people and then they're really good milk producers. And so they got bred bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in the U S and eventually became Jersey cows. Like we have them they are huge milk producers, uh, because we have the space for them, but like they, yeah, they came about on an Island in Europe with like some rainy windswept Island in Europe it became miniatures, uh, adapted to the environment. So it is interesting that they're not more. I mean, I guess what, India and
0: like... And India does see their cows as a bit more holy depending on the religion. Yeah. Because I know they have a good Muslim population now but like still a decent Uh, um, amount of Hindus uh, who still uh, keep cows because of their holiness.
2: Yeah, I think now that I've heard of and like, but just, I've heard that India has the most actual like cows per capita or whatever, like than any country in the world. Interesting. In general, it's like the largest. It makes sense. Yeah, it's like a big, I mean, in general, it's just a big country, a lot of people. But here, just putting the cows on land to be meat and having them raised that way, where you don't have to have it be sustainable. So it becomes less and less sustainable just because it can just because people showed up here and there was unlimited resource, they're like, oh, we just put these cows out and make a money.
0: It's not even that great because exactly. literally to be able to have the land for cows to graze on, they had to steal it from indigenous people. Exactly. And then on top of that, because of the amount of grazing and livestock that are here, it's literally killing land.
2: Exactly. They fucked it off. Exactly. They messed it up by just exactly being like oh this is unlimited resources like you if you came here back in the 1800s and you just were the person that was like i stake out that this is all mine Mm -hmm. and i have the fucking muscle to support that and use your and you fucking massacred some people or whatever genocide of the whole culture and then put cows on it and there's a railway that came here and you just put the cows on the train and make a bunch of money huge amounts of money just having cows out here and putting them on trains to go back east like yep that breeds unsustainability. You know, it's like that type of thing where you're just going, expanding out into a bigger and bigger area, and it's like centralized like the people who own it all. And so you could like use it up. And it takes generations to use it up, but not that long. We're talking about from the 1800s to now. That's nothing really, 150 years. And we have lost control of the situation. Like we have destroyed Large amounts of things that, uh, would benefit us to have not destroyed or something. Yeah. So the cows, it was easy. So people did it and did it more and more and more. And now it's like harder to do it. Now, like I would talk to people in California, like this guy that grew hay and would give us free wood chips or would give us cheap compost. He would like compost wood chips that you'd get from a tree cutting company. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and like, and he told me he would just spread that compost on the fields because he grows hay. That's like been their family business for however long. And so he has these fields where they just grow like alfalfa and whatever type of hay. And he just said how like eventually it was like hitting a point where like how many years ago, seven years ago or or 10 years ago, like to keep buying fertilizer. And I mean, this is like a story we've maybe all heard or whatever, or maybe not. I hadn't exactly heard it as real as this. Like this guy, actually, this is a real story that fertilizer, like the amount of fertilizer you will need to continue having it produce the crop is more and more because the soil becomes more and more depleted. So at some point, the amount of chemical fertilizer that you have to buy to make it produce is like way more expensive than it started out being. So again, in the beginning, oh, you can spread stuff on your crop and it will get bigger and you'll get more money. But then eventually you're having to buy more and more of it and make less and less money off of it. So he said like eventually, yeah, they stopped all chemical fertilizer and started just doing this, making huge compost mounds of wood chips from this tree company that's like next door. And like manure and stuff. And like, I think they had like horse, it was like a horse ranch and they would just make these huge compost piles. And he said, he would just use an asphalt spreader thing, like a road tar spreader that just like spreads a thin sheet, a wide thin sheet of material and just like drives that across the fields in the off season or whatever. in the in between time and just like lays down this composted wood chips. And that's what they use now as fertilizer. And he said already within like five years, it started, the yield became more than it was with the chemical fertilizer nice so but in it, he did say it was like a huge loss for the years in between like it wasn't like you just start making more immediately it's like a commitment and it's scary for people it's like a leap of faith to commit to something like that but it's real
0: well i mean yeah because that's what the lands used to exactly. considering that um i'm pretty sure before intervention with like colonizers and white people like bison would have definitely grazed here and they definitely okay. would have left their manure yeah. and yeah. Even if, you know, the land can't sustain a bunch of cows grazing on it, definitely could have sustained bison. Um, meaning that it got the treatment that it needed to be able to grow things like alfalfa and hay naturally. Boy. So for him to be able to go down that route is amazing um, and definitely more effective and better for the land overall than just chemical fertilizers.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, the, this valley we live in, the Laramie Plains, I'm not going to try to pronounce its Arapaho name, but its Arapaho name translates to Buffalo Trail. Makes so, sense. You know, giving
1: us a sense of the heritage of the... The land.
0: The land. The native animal. Yeah, the native. There's the, a
1: the millennia of, of uh,
2: uh, human ecological interaction that's been here. Yeah. Yeah, the like efficient food producing ecosystem that it was, like with yeah. people interacting with that, create, like turning it into, you know, like the food system uh, that was best suited for this area. Cause obviously this area is pretty hard to produce food in, <laughs> like purposefully to grow things in the ground or whatever is not easy. It's very windy and uh, not, not organic matter in the soil. <laughs> but yeah, the Buffalo thing, it's interesting. Like, yeah, probably, if I, I wouldn't say like necessarily to support more bison than there are cows here, cause I don't know if that is like true at all or anything, but it supported populations of people, whole civilizations of people yeah. and huge amounts of large grazing animals. Uh, and there's this theory that I heard like, I don't know if it's kind of accepted as true, probably not because it seems far-fetched, but also seems probably true in some way that like, cause intensive grazing is now a thing where like, if you could just have the cows be grazing on a small area for like a day or two, and then move them to another small area for a day or two and another small area for a day or two. So it's a lot of cows on a small area for a short period of time, rather than some amount of cows on a huge area for a long time where they just wander around munching shit and munching, munching you know, they just wander around picking and picking and spreading the manure thin, like thinly, like not concentratedly. Um, And so this theory is, like, with, like, also more large predators existing kind of before colonization, anyways, uh, that, like, large predators would push these herds of buffaloes and uh, or whatever before that. Like, I mean, I guess longer ago and in different places, same rule applies. Large predators that existed much more large numbers before before humans like us were here they would push the animals around and keep them in tight groups. So it'd be like, because of predators skirting around the outsides of the herds and trying, you know what I mean? Like picking off animals, the herds would move together and remain tightly together. And so they would be like intensively grazing guided by large predators, you know? Yeah. Uh, Whereas now we killed off all the predators so that they won't kill the cows and then turned the cows out on the huge fenced off areas. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just destroyed the biodiversity and like the native ecosystem that could exist here healthily and efficiently. Like, yeah, regardless, the most the most overall efficient, sustainable thing, like we made a thing that was efficient to make a lot of resources quickly, but not to last for uh, many generations. Like we didn't even probably make the seven generations.
0: Yeah. I forget which state it is, but I know one of the eastward states Um, just passed a law to kill 90% of the wolf population because of the amount of loss that farmers and livestock owners over there are facing. Which, you know, they were already on the endangered list. So um, I don't see the point of making it 90%, but...
2: Well, and it might be, I mean, out there, it's the type of thing where now these things become different types of problems where at some point, in, in some places, I don't know, this might be to do with, like, He's like koi wolves. Is that thing koi dogs? Koi wolves? Koi wolves. It's like basically these hybrid type wolves. Like I, I know like they say like most wolves are actually like much hybridized with coyotes and, and also domestic dogs. Huh. So like the ones out here or like in Yellowstone or Canada, far up in Canada are the ones that are like actually pure, uh, I don't know what they would be, what? Gray wolves or something, mm-hmm. I think. But like. Anyways, like, red wolves, I think, is a thing, like, in Mexico in the border, like, area. And it's, like, Mm. they are largely, like, coyote hybridized wolves. Some different breed of wolf, maybe, originally. But anyways, that's the type of thing. Maybe it became, maybe it's becoming, like, a problem of stuff like that. Like, some sort of, like, you know. True. Hybrid. hybrid. Not to say that that's, I'm not saying that that should justify that. I assume, I just assume it's not, I assume it's not some large, true gray wolf population (laughs) that they're about to wipe out. (laughs) Yeah. I would hope. At least, but then again, oh, yeah. I like to be optimistic
1: about some things. Sometimes. Oh god, you're gonna die like that. I think
0: what is, is he gonna terrible. do? Like, what's, what? How, why he would, would he die?
1: Cream was literally crawling all over him, covered him with her body.
0: <laughs> Who is she trying to kill?
1: Barnaby. <laughs> Cream is trying to kill Barnaby. I know we were talking about like land use, and it was like, well, we could talk about them being used for fertilizer. Yeah, that's
2: true. Not like what?
1: that, they're poop.
2: Using the rabbit's poop as fertilizer, yeah, which is
1: like, true. I was like, both. Well, they produce a shit ton of shit. That's what I'm <laughs> going to say. They produce quite a bit of it. It's just like, I know I was thinking about growing barley for them. And with the amount of stuff they produce, I was thinking that would be very good just for, like, growing their own feed.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's the type of thing that seems like it would be insignificant, but really, especially if we had like a more rabbits and we're breeding them and had a more rotating cycle of more rabbits. Uh, it could be a lot. It could be significant where, yeah, you could spread. I mean, it's like the guy with the wood chips. It's a thin layer, really. It's like if you just spread one time a thin layer, like an inch thick of real organic material over this soil and can keep it from blowing away, then that will... That will greatly increase the like the pro- productivity of that plot for sure. Yeah. So if you could spread like literally a, a half inch thick layer of mouse or rabbit poop and their bedding or composted rabbit poop and bedding, because we could basically like pack all that into some bin and wet it, and moisten it, and let it just compost itself more where the paper and everything will compost. Yeah. And then, a, yeah, spread like a half inch layer of that on a twenty-five by ten foot area and grow a patch of. Barley and it will definitely grow way better than the patch next to it that has not had that. So yeah, no, it's a real thing. You could do it. We could do it. Like it could, yeah, it could help. It's a, it's a real thing. We've been collecting up all sorts of organic material, biomass, trying to get some soil, soil conditioning going. And I think this will definitely, definitely help. And I mean, this we can use in like the garden beds. Yeah, because we could be also if we compost this, then this could be like the stuff we add to the beds. We don't have to buy like compost to add stuff or whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we could totally hit up the agriculture committee about that. Oh, look at him.
2: Like, yeah, no, it'll be pretty cool to eat them. And also, I mean, we live here, it's pretty cold. I mean, this year it hasn't been that bad for like the past few days, but <laughs> seemingly. But if we can make some fur, uh, fur garments and stuff, I think it could be pretty cool. We could like try to. All have like some cool fur hats and different kinds of furs and stuff, and we can start like working them into our clothes and stuff, and like make clothing items out of recycled clothes. People, cool. uh, it could be a pretty cool thing, I we think. Clean fur from the bourgeoisie Yeah, exactly, exactly, you see? Uh, Exactly.
0: You you know those, like, cats. Um, I believe you own one of them, but it's like the ones that they always like stereotype communist Russians to have. I want to get one of those (laughs) and just keep adding, like, little patches of fur to it over time just so I can... just so I can be, like, the stereotypical (laughs) communist. Yeah, you know,
2: I used to have a proper one of those. It was actual, that was fur. Ooh. Like the real... Yeah,
1: Patreon.com slash Solidarity House.